Welcome to the Feld Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We have a great episode today. Javier from the Funky Panther is our guest. I'm looking forward to a great conversation with him. We're going to cover uh, growing up. We're going to cover up where, how he grew up, what he's learned in life, um, a little bit about the podcast, and just kind of zoom in on some music things and, you know, the things that define who Javier is. And we talk a, a little bit about the Funky Panther podcast. That's who he's a part of. And um, yeah, so thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and like. Help us continue in spreading the word in what we're doing here at the Feld Podcast. And now, here's the interview. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> and so welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Feld Podcast. Here I am once again. We're going to knock out a great episode for you. Thank you for tuning in, supporting what we're doing here. And I hope that you're enjoying the interviews and talks that, that you know, I'm just creating. And today we have a very a special guest, my brother from another mother. Javier is in the house from the Funky Panther Podcast, all the way from Fort Worth, Texas, Thank you for coming in, Javier. How are you doing? Tell me something funny or interesting that you went through this week, and then we'll get the show rolling. Something funny or interesting, which I don't know if I could talk about because um, we I have something planned for Tuesday's episode. Me and um, don't uh, spill the beans. Don't spill me and uh, so we our guest this week is uh, the TFTI podcast, which you know we oh, you know yeah, have, yeah. have had the conversation of, of you know what, what went on. But um, things are things are better. Things are great, and um, I we, we talked about this thing since Thanksgiving, and um, I think it's going to be kind of funny. I think hopefully we don't get canceled for it, but um, <laughs> but it'll it'll be great. Uh, I've known those guys for a good minute, and uh, they're really good guys, and I'm glad everything kind of smoothed over. I think things are fantastic back well, the way they were. I'm looking forward to it. The first time around, I wanted you to have you on. My goodness, it's so embarrassing. Like I. I pride myself on never being late. I'm mm -hmm. always on time and ahead of schedule, and it's just something that I hold myself to, right? And that day, dude, I slept in. You came, <laughs> and I missed it. I dropped the ball. I'm still dealing with it now, and uh, and I, you know, uh, I was like, Javier, please forgive me. And you, you were so nice, and and you know, you were like, it's all good. But I felt really bad. So thank you for accepting. My second invitation. I, I I thought you were gonna prank me and say, <laughs> so sleeping. I'm a, so asleep, you know." Uh, but you came through, and so again, guys, be on time. Do your thing. Keep true to your word. Well, I mean, you know, and and you know, I told you, uh, I understand, 100 percent understood where what was going on, and um, I, I didn't fault you for it. And then, if anything, I was like, "Well, at least I got up early, and I, I work down the street. I, I don't work too far from here, yeah. so I just went straight to work." And uh, everything was great, man. But uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. And so we're going to jump into your life. I'm interested to see how people, why they are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our childhood, the way that we grew up, the way that we were parented, or just certain things that we went through, they kind of show in, in, in ourselves when we're older. Correct. So let's start there. Go back as far as you want to, whether it be a vivid memory, what was your home life like? How many siblings do you have? Are you the oldest, middle, youngest? And then that's it. The show is going. Cool. Uh, I'm, second the oldest, I'm the second oldest in a family of, I have seven brothers and sisters. Oh, man. And, um, you know, growing up, it was just me and my older brother. Uh, my parents were still married at the time, 
And one of uh, my earliest memories were actually coming here to where I work now. Um, my dad would work late hours and my mom would take us uh, to the shop and uh, like drop off dinner or be around. And um, it's, it's weird being over there now working and uh, taking over. So it's kind of, it, it, it's work is essentially kind of like my first memory when it comes to like my family. When, when you grew up, if, if someone had to describe it, would they say that you were a funny kid? Were you a quiet kid, nervous? What kind of kid would someone describe you as? Um, my mom would say uh, travieso. Mm-hmm. And For those of you that don't know <laughs> that, he was, a, he was a menace. He yeah. would get into things. I mean, I, 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 there you go. That's our first connection, yeah. man. My mom would probably say the same thing about me. Tell me some of the, the stuff that you would get into that you, you know, you, you would your mom would be so mad, but y'all laugh, y'all probably laugh about it now. Laughing about it now, yes. Yeah. So whenever I was in uh, preschool, uh, we went to De Zavala over here off of Magnolia, and our babysitter lived maybe about a good mile, mile and a half away. So we thought that uh, they went just went home, and me and my brother, um, we used to do the um, folklorico practice, you know, and um, nobody was in the, ca- in the in the auditorium. We left, and nobody was at the house. And so our babysitter's brother was there. We went in and like watched the first Terminator movie, which as a preschooler, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> and, um, come to find out our mom, uh, and our teachers thought we got kidnapped. And so they called the cops Yeah, and uh, they were looking for us and they, they finally, they're like, did we check the house? And so they go to our, our babysitter's house and we're there. And my mom just like, spanked us and it was just like and looking back yeah. it was funny and they took us back to the school and our teachers were there and they were crying because they thought we were kidnapped <laughs> and uh you know that, that's like that's not hijinks that's just like that's that's a major thing i guess so. you know what's so funny if you think back if you compare it to now and how fast information travels like that could have been a huge mess today like you would oh, yeah. have been on cnn like they would have showed you a picture and like no this boy is missing on the other side of the world but back then it was so weird because information traveled so different that mm-hmm. that big scare was like okay it was very small like yeah. you didn't make the milk carton did no, you no no it was <laughs> it was the late it was 1989 and yeah. um you know at the time but then you know now my mom tells a story and she's like, well, they would have like returned him anyway. They wouldn't have. They they would get tired of him, and like they'd say, no, take him back. But it's it's the same thing happened to when I was younger. Uh, Mervin's whenever uh, they had those big rings of clothing, yeah. I would hide in there. And the same thing, like my dad and my mom, like they thought I went missing. They spoke to the management to find trying to find me everywhere. And then yeah. my mom tells it, she's like, you just like popped out and said, boo, you know, and, and like, it's boo. Just, I mean, yeah, exactly. I didn't think I get the scar on the, my forehead. That's exactly where I got it. I tell, I tell my daughter, do not hide. And do not tell your cousins to ever hide in a store because it doesn't play the same anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's the times have changed mm-hmm. so much since we've grown up. Mm-hmm. I went uh, to Days of Allah, and I believe it was for a preschool too. Like for I went there for a little, so it's so crazy. Um, I'm just drawing connections because I feel like me and you have it. I just haven't been able to figure out what they that. were, and that. yet that's another one. But cool. I, I know Days of Allah quite well. What's something that you, because you went way back, so that tells me that you have a pretty good memory. And so tell, what do you miss from back in the day? Because everyone always says, oh, the good old days and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I get it. But what's something that you miss back then that you wish 
still existed or that it kind of just gives you a laugh whenever you're, you're maybe you're down or something and Man, you know, you always see the memes of like, you know, staying out until the uh, porch light comes on or like hanging out with your friends all all day until you got to go back in having sleepovers. And we just stayed outside as much as we could. Uh, we would take our bikes to like the bike trails uh, when I lived in Crowley and um, even play street hockey with uh, some of the kids from the other streets because at the time, like the Mighty Ducks were a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so we all played street hockey, which is weird because that's how I met Chad without without meeting Chad. It's yeah. uh, it's funny because uh, it was, Chad, Chad is one of the three from the Funky Panther podcast. Sorry, continue. But um, it, it was just funny. He would always talk about like the kids he'd play with on the street over street hockey, and it was oddly enough, it was like us, me and my huh. brother, and so it just kind of it's weird how things come together. So y'all didn't officially meet. Y'all were just kind of running into each other. Yeah. Nice. Well, y'all y'all three seem like y'all have had friendships for a long time. How how long have you known Chad and Tim? Like, um. We'll get into that into the pod stuff later, but I'm yeah. just curious. Uh, I mean, I've known them since middle school. Oh, okay. Um, my brother knew Chad first, but I, I'm sure Chad doesn't remember. And it was like in the fifth grade whenever we oh. moved over here to, to the River Oaks area. Okay. But um, I've known both of them since uh, the sixth, seventh grade. Okay. So growing up, we all go through things. We all have challenges that kind of define us or define our homes. And and obviously, you know, with discretion and everything. But what are some of the obstacles that you went through that you remember that have made you a better man today? And, you know, maybe just as a family, y'all went through it or what's some challenges or obstacles? Uh, I mean, when you're a part of something big like, you know, the podcast, it's kind of you get your your arguments on what you want to do but thankfully there's like three of us so it hasn't happened in a long time but if we need to put a vote to something then you know if two of us agree with one thing then of course the other has to you know it it is what it is you know it's just a part of that group vote but um it's good and it's fun because we haven't had to do that in a while we usually just agree now more more than ever that we agree with uh, certain certain things that we want to do or you know someone will chime in with an idea and you know a lot of the time it's like yeah let's do it who cares let's do it you know if it fails and it fails but you know if if it if it goes great then perfect if we fail then we learn something new we learn what not to do it's it's so important. Like, I don't know where you get, like, inspiration or or, your, or or if you have mentors in your life, but who are those mentors in your life when you were growing up, you know, middle school, high school, who really spoke in, into your life, gave you great advice that you recall now, and has does it motivate you to kind of pass something down to the next generation as we become older and we, you know, we have some of that knowledge that we've gained from growing up. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone that sticks out in your life? Man, my teachers growing up. Yeah. Like um, in elementary school and, um, well, elementary school for the most part because um, it was during that time where my parents got divorced. Um, I was a, a very emotional kid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I honestly, like I was a big crybaby. Like I cried about everything. So... Um, it felt embarrassed, like crying over stuff, but you know, my, my teachers, God bless them and my counselors, uh, because for one, they had to put up with all the mess that I put them through, through, cause I was a terrible child. I'm, I'm, I'll be open about it. I was like we said earlier, I was a menace, Yeah. but, um, they, they let me know that it was okay to cry that if I needed to like step out or go into the counselor's office just to 
because things were happening so fast at that mm-hmm. time. Like I had parents got divorced, didn't know where we would want to live. Um, who with, I mean, yeah. and, uh, you know, in losing a pet or, you know, things changing really rapidly and even like up and moving, you know, changing schools, losing your friends and making new ones. Yeah. It was cool. The teachers to be like, you know what, this is okay. Let it out. Sit here in the dark if you need to, as long as you need to. You know, and in and nowadays, you know, obviously n- no shade on anyone that, that has a life change that causes either divorce or a significant change like in a household. But you going through that, right? Obviously, there's a lot of people going through that now. And it, it psychologically has such an effect on young kids when they go through it. And parents are just too busy in their stuff and fixing everything that some sometimes that stuff gets overlooked. What are some of the things that you really struggled with and how did you overcome that transition? And like, do you remember that? Do you remember when the pain hurt? And do you remember when you said this is the way it is and, and, and it just gave you a sense of confidence because you had another life experience compared to other friends that you've had? I think like mid high school, because, you know, uh, the, the excuse is always, well, he acts up because I was acting up mm. because of my parents' divorce. Yeah. And, uh, I was very, which kind of sneaks into how I am now, like when you see me on camera or, you know, I'm usually like a pretty vibrant, colorful. And um, it changed in high school because things got more serious and I had to be um, a bit of an adult in most situations because, you know, not only was I older, but I also had like two brothers and a sister to take care of Mm. after as well, you know, like because their father was a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they didn't have anyone else around. And I, I did my best with uh, my brother was in the military. So um, he wasn't there as much as, you know, he I'm sure he would have been been. But, um, you know, that, that helped me grow up a little also. Yeah. And to be a bit more responsible. When you're a kid and you either your parents work double shifts or they're not home or, or any of those things, they, they make you learn how to either be more an adult, conversate a different way, but also like how to feed yourself. Yeah. And so like <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, we recall, oh, I used to make this for myself and that. What were some of the meals maybe that you made back then? Because you had to, right? Let's just say that you still make now. And you're like, man, I learned this when I was young. And your friends are like, really? You were making eggs when you were yes they don't a lot of people don't believe that but sometimes you just have to what were some of the foods or things that you had to do that you still have that with you today uh eggs con weenie you know it's uh people don't do that as much as they should because yeah if you say it they're like what Uh, people are just just divas man it is a good dish yeah and you're you're missing out if you don't put a little like make a burrito into it or like you know tortilla con weenie and cheese or you know like i would used to get like a i would toast some bread get some butter and put some like uh cinnamon and sugar like a little make like a little cinnamon toast you had uh, your food and your dessert yeah yeah and then you know in in the the ultimate struggle meal was um uh, um, ketchup and mustard sandwich explain you know just exactly how it sounds just put ketchup and mustard in between two pieces of bread and just eat it have you have you ever have you done that now no it's been a while it has been a long while what would you go heavy on was it the mustard or the ketchup mustard i'm a a mustard man got it that that's interesting yeah no it's that's a struggle meal. It is. People laugh about struggle meals now because I've heard like syrup sandwich. And I, oh, yeah. Oh, how did I forget a syrup sandwich? Yeah. And I feel like that falls in line with that. 
<laughs> it's funny because we had Smooth Vega on, and uh, he he brought up like a, a syrup sandwich. Yeah, and you know struggle meals, which you know, looking back, you know those kind of weren't struggle meals. We you know we we had the food in the fridge, and we just that's what They're we chose to eat. Independent meals, yeah, absolutely independent yeah. meals. That's what it was. And so growing up through that, and all those lessons that you learned. Here's your high. Let's go to your high school years. Mm-hmm. I imagine that you just being the kid that you were. Boy, it gets amplified. In high school, because popularity comes in, girlfriends, you have more friends. and every- What did you go through to high school that makes Javier now? Because you said, like, I can be a little bit loud. I can be yeah. a little bit uh, brash at times because of how I grew up. Because I want to figure out it wasn't because of your parents' divorce. That's what people people were trying to make that connection. Yeah. But obviously, it's something else. So did it start in high school? Were you like you are kind of now, like the, on the Funky Panther? A little bit. Um, you 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 can ask Tim and Chad, and it's I, it feels like I haven't really changed. I've changed a little. I'm I'm in, I'm 37 years old, so you kind of have to. But um, no, I think I grasped that identity in high school, and I you know, as as old as I was getting, um, I think I was just becoming. Oh, your hormones get involved and. You want to impress like girls and stuff like that, but you know, I, I apart from like trying to be popular, like I I wasn't, but I was just like I was just there, you know, yeah. just like everybody and knew who I was, and you know, I just tried to have everybody like me. I didn't like it when nobody liked me. And so, yeah, I guess looking back then and comparing it to now, what do you think some of your greatest strengths were back then and weaknesses? And do they exist now? Some, you know, sometimes we say, well, I was shy then, I continue to be shy, things like that. But what were your strengths back then and what were your weaknesses and how do they compare to now? Um, man, I'll, I'll say one weakness would, would be jealousy. And mm. it'd be because, you know, I, there, there would be times, uh, the obvious, like, your friends are dating people that you liked and you were kind of just like, man, I, I wanted to, I tried to go for that, but it didn't work out. But, uh, strengths, I think I was just really as open as I kind of am right now. Um, that's whenever it started all coming out. And so, you know, you don't want to like lie about too many things, but I mean, I think that getting to know myself and being vocal and open about who I was, was, was a great strength for me. In high school and coming out of high school, okay, you're becoming like a young adult. What were some of the like the biggest influences that helped you become who you are? Whether it could have been a movie, it, you know, it could have been a, a book. It's it's funny because I'm watching all these like rappers and stuff, and I'm listening to these people talk and in, on interviews. They bring up Scarface a lot, and I know it seems silly because you know you want deeper, more profound influences, but that that's had a big influence on so many people. And so I just, I'm just saying that to kind of trigger your mind. But what are some influences? that kind of make who you are man scarface uh those last two years of high school like i was really uh it's funny that you say that it's it like it is scarface because not it, i mean that's you know you you wanted that swagger you wanted that yeah. like a uh, toughness and um even my best friend will tell you like even back in the day for like for my birthdays he would give me scarface stuff <laughs> and um <laughs> just you know I want to say that carried me over too, but also like music did a, did a good thing for me also. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at the time Kanye West was coming out and uh, that senior year, like everything kind of evolved around like Usher, Kanye and like my, my swagger would change to like try to be smooth and still loud. And yeah. I wouldn't say flamboyant, but you know, just kind of like 
my favorite rappers. Like, try to see, like, and act how they were. It's crazy when you, you say Usher and Kanye, and it's so, it's such a contrast. So, because you were a fan of them, I'm going to ask you this. So, Usher is about to do the Super Bowl halftime. Mm-hmm. Pretty big deal. His catalog is deep and wide. I mean, this dude is doing it, and he's done it for a long time. Kanye, being a disruptor, stepping into different industries and just being like dude the dude is talented but he's gone through some things lately right mm-hmm. he's obviously gone gone off the rails a few times with yeah. some statements and stuff but how does how do those two guys sit with you now when you're looking at them you know you're like i used to be fans of them here's what they're going through how, how does it speak to you now how do you listen to them now knowing how they grew how they be, they've become older men so you know they say uh genius is uh close to insanity right isn't that true it's very it's a very thin line um with kanye it's kind of like a i don't want to say like a uh lesson learning story of what you shouldn't do yeah like i mean gain fame and then like think you can say things that you shouldn't say or have like mental mental the mentality that he has but i think um his 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 openness and brashness is is this albeit a strength it's still a weakness also because yeah. you're showing people your, a little bit of your true colors uh with usher man it's just like for him it's always been smooth it's always been smooth and cool uh nice and slow you know i mean it's I say Usher and Kanye because, like, that was one of my best memories, like, out of high school. It was my yeah. first memory. First big memories was going to a show where Usher, uh, Kanye performed. He opened for Usher. Really? Yeah. And so I thought it was the coolest thing. He brought out John Legend, like, three years before John what? Legend became big. It was the coolest thing. It was one of the best shows I'd ever been to. Dude, that's a lineup right there. Those three. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. But, um, no, I think... Uh, the cool collected like smoothness of usher kind of just like made me want to like dress nicer yeah. you know wear a big watch a spinner my buddy had a spinner ring and we, we were like let's go get chains you look cool you know have our hats tilted like how he had it it's pretty funny that that was you in high school that was that was me after high school after that high was me. school because no. i couldn't afford it at the time yeah. and then I started working and then i was able to like buy things that i wanted to have and Sure enough, that's you spend your money on dumb things, but looking <laughs> back, it's like, you know what? I'm glad I did that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I was able to like be myself with my best friend. <laughs> okay, so during that time, you're changing, you're obviously trying to discover who you are, and it's heavily influenced by you know the culture of like Usher and Kanye. What are some of the let's just say failures or challenges that you went through that time? that really gave you some valuable lessons that you that you have today whether uh, whatever it be a job quitting a certain way you name it dude yeah. but we all go through them and they're somewhat embarrassing but with, with enough time that that embarrassment becomes a lesson and and then it's funny to share so Ooh. what's something that you've been through that that's you know successful now you found success in it success i mean i guess like actually working and meeting people instead of just like working uh, with my dad because throughout high school that's it's what i did i worked with my dad at the time and i also worked like my first job was poncho's mexican buffet and then uh when i was a junior in high school i worked at mexican inn um it taught me to be around people you know that i didn't know high school is one thing because you know everybody yeah so like whenever i started working these other jobs or in retail you're branching out and like speaking to people that you've never met and like 
I know you're in sales and doing that stuff, but it's still like talking to people. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of the openness in that. Working at Poncho's, it's obviously, it's a, it's a Mexican buffet restaurant. It's long gone, but at some point in the nineties, it was popping. Okay. So yeah. any, when you say Poncho's, everyone hates on it. But, dude, everyone ate there whenever we were growing up around this area. After church. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of the things you learned in there? Because I always hear servers say, like, people are so rude and so difficult to work with. Everyone should work in the food uh, industry at some point in their life because they gain certain things. And I, I don't know what they are. But do you know what they're talking about? Can you connect to that statement? Man, I say getting humbled because, um, I mean, I was a busboy. I wasn't a server. I, I had to clean tables, mop floors, like mm. clean the restrooms at night. I, it, it, it was humbling, to say the least, having to clean people's mess. And then people you went to school, you would you were going to school with watching you clean. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't be here doing this. Yeah. But, you know, it's it goes away after a while. But you get used to it. That that embarrassment, young, is difficult. It is. It is. How did you? How, where did you find to be able? To, a lot of people don't do jobs or don't gain these experiences because they're so prideful and embarrassed to do them. Did you struggle with that, and did you just say, "I just have to"? Or what? What? How did you get overcome that? That seems like a hard thing for a young a young guy. Man, I just I I don't want to be like basic with my answer, but it just it just happened. I just decided, you know what? These people that I work with that are the same age that I am go to different schools. They don't feel this way. Like, why, why, why care what other people think? You're working, you're making money. And then I carried that. I carried that after whenever my brothers were in high school. And I'm like, hey, look, you can work any job you want. You should you should never be embarrassed of what you do, because at the end of the day, you're making money and you're you're. In the future, you're going to put food on the table. So, like, I could say that if I lost my job, that I could easily just go to, like, a buffet restaurant or, like, a Brahms, and I would get a a job that same day until I found the next thing. But I think, you know, you always never be ashamed of where you're going to work because, Mm. I mean, it's work at the end of the day. It's not not supposed to be glamorous. What what are some of the lesser known things about you? Maybe, like, a skill or talent that you have that you really don't showcase, but you know, like I know how to play frisbee golf really good, <laughs> or I know how to spin a basketball on my finger. What what's a talent? That's a hidden happier talent. Man, I mean, like I I'm a big fan of hip hop. That's really like my I don't know, I mean, Tim Tim over he brags too much about it, but I think I'm I, I know a good amount of hip hop, but I'm really good at like trivia, like really random trivia. Like yeah. I was in uh college bowl whenever like I was going to TCC and uh, ended up going to Houston for, for like the state championship and uh, didn't win it obviously. Cause there's so for much trivia? more yeah, for trivia in, in hip hop or like, Oh no, sports? just no, like everything oh, like all around yeah, yeah. trivia. Yeah, yeah. And so I think in high school they called it whiz quiz, but um, I didn't do it until I was in college and, I was with a team of friends, and then um, my professor at the time, um, Mike Nichols, really good guy, he works at TCC uh, Northwest, but he's like, hey, you're really good. Um, how about you join the core team that's going to go to Houston? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely do it. So, man, that's history. Like, I don't know. I, I love history. I love yeah. History and hip hop. That's just my two of my favorite things. Okay, well, then let me try, let me try to draw some insight from this statement, okay? So um, that way people watching this. So Andre 3000 just released 
an album. Yes. Okay. And to me, it is the biggest bait and switch in music. Okay. Like if you can, because you know, it was there. Has there been another huge transition like that? Like was Kenny G ever a rapper? You know, as well, (laughs) dude. So he went from hip hop lyrics, you know, just hype music, and then this new album came out, and he's just. He's a flute guy now. How do you feel about that? Man, I hadn't had a chance to listen to it. Uh, It came out yesterday. It's really good in an elevator. Yeah. Yeah, I'm joking. You're listening to like Muzak. Um, Man, I'll tell you what. I feel like, you know, if it's all flute, it kind of plays into like a living meme of him. Like you see him like in a Pied Piper outfit with a flute. And it seems like a very, a very Andre 3000 thing for him. Yeah. I mean, lyrically, he's um, one of the best like him and, and big boy what they do without cat without cast yeah i mean i was still i was bumping to speaker box and the love below like on my way over here and it's just funny I, i'm gonna give it a listen i'll listen to it because anything andre puts out is gold even like when he's featured on other songs like with anderson pack or or like with uh well, anyone he just puts out gold and i guess you know hey man it's like what he said it's like what am i gonna rap about getting a colonoscopy that's true, and it's such a big transition. It's different. I, I feel like I'm about to see a bunch of cats with flutes. Hey, you know what I mean? It's, it's, flutes or recorders? I, I was gonna bring one today because I made a I made a meme with a flute by a washer because he does his laundry and he plays the flute in the alley. He had an interview with GQ, and that making transitions like that is very difficult because something defines you so much. And then life happens and you mature or you change. I think it's an evolution, though. Yeah. You you evolve. I mean, your sound, it's like with music in general also. You saw it with Kanye. He kind of evolved through those first three albums, went to 808s and Heartbreak. And then his sound just changed. And I think it's just like, not just with music, it's like with, with us as, as humans. You know, yeah. you, you, you can't stay at a constant. You have to just evolve. As you get older, you evolve. And if you stop learning, that's the day you die. That's how it is. And so with that being said, what's a big transition that you've had in your life that was like the biggest bit, uh, the biggest switch like your evolution, what's the old Javier to the new Javier? What, what's some big changes that you've been through? Man, therapy. Yeah. Therapy is a huge thing because, you know, as emotional and as open I was, as I was with like who I was, I still wasn't fully open until like you hit a breaking point. And once you hit that breaking point, it's either you sink or swim and sinking, sinking was a huge option. Like, I mean... It's only when you're at that breaking point that you realize you need help. And so I think after that first session that I had, it, it, it evolved from from counselors to therapy. And the, the counselor, which is a matter of fact, she's she's up here. She, she was my first counselor oh, yes, that yes. I spoke to. And um, just that first session was just a weight off my shoulders. It just so. For Latinos, and obviously there are other communities, but speaking for Latinos, it's a very hard thing to 
to take like our moms and dads for the most part don't understand it unless they grew up with privilege and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but you know we grew up we didn't have a lot of money getting help you know mental health was not the case when i was young it's something very new and being popularized now and so this might help someone this might help a parent or something but how did you get into it what how did your parents if you told them how did they respond to it and how did it become something that you said, I need this, like I need to go to the gym or, or something like that? Well, you know, I mean, like you said, uh, it wasn't really readily available to us. Um, and being Latino or like not having, you were thinking that it would cost like a lot of money to try to seek help. Um, but I think it's still, like you were saying, like in the Latino community, it's it's kind of hard because you're, you're, your parents are old school and they're tough and they keep everything in and they... Yeah. Don't tell your kids I love you only until they're five and then they need to toughen up. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of like a thing for me. Uh, my dad worked all the time and um, he was just, I wouldn't say like uh, closed off emotionally, which I kind of feel like looking back, I think he's been working since he was six years old on a farm and yeah. um, came over here when he was 16. It was just a bunch of things. But I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's harder for us as Latinos. And, um, I think my mom, like whenever I told her about therapy, she, first the worry happens. It's like, well, what's wrong, Miko? Like, what what can I do? What are, you know, how can I help? But like whenever, um, when I had my first consultation and I told my dad and he, he kind of like brushed it over, didn't he? Oh, well, you know, this, somebody's coming in for an estimate and blah, blah, blah. It was funny because I was like, Hey, he's like, I got to go. Uh, I got an appointment. I, I lied. I was like, I got an appointment with a doctor, and he's like, um, "Doctor, Saturday? What are you kind of doctor is he?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm, I'm going to speak to a counselor." And then he just like stopped, thought, and then he's like, "Change the subject. Yeah, change the subject." It just you know, what's your relationship with your dad like? Okay, think about it, but let me preface it with this. Do y'all say, I love you, dad. I love you, son. And if, okay, that's the case. (laughs) When has he, or when have you, can you like count it? Um, Yeah. Uh, The last time uh, he writes it in uh, letters, obviously for Christmas, gives us, hey, I love you, son, whatever. But um, the last time that I can think of where uh, he told me he loved me, it had to be like in 02, my younger brother, because I, you know, I got a big family. I have a brother and sister live in Mexico, and my brother was really sick at the time, and he was really down and out, and uh, he, you know, he, he said, I love you. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to respond to that. Um, I'm pretty sure I said, you know, when you're at church, and I was like, and I, you, that's what I told him. Um, yeah. But it was, and it was over the phone, and I, I got off the phone, and I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, that was so weird. And, uh, I was in my feelings. Um, it was 2010. And I remember, uh, driving at the girl that I was dating her house at the time. And I, it was feeling depressed and I, it was my birthday and I called him and I said, like, Hey, thank you for everything you've done you know, for me. Um, and for bringing me into this world, I love you. And, uh, he <laughs> same, like, it kind of felt like he's, he's like, like <laughs> he's like, Oh uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Dad, thanks. You know that one time you said I love you. You know, thank you for that. No. <laughs> and it, it's so crazy because I it it's it's so weird. But I'm obviously breaking that 
curse or that whatever you want to call it. Break you the know, cycle. I, I have to. And it's a very difficult thing. My wife had to help me do it. It's not natural for me, um, but it is now with my wife and my daughter. Um, but man, my dad told me that he loved me once and I was like, a, a, you know, I was about to die. Like I had gotten a really bad car wreck and my dad gave me a plug, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. and so I struggle with that. Never got any kind of direction on that or how it, it has developed me, but I just felt like, I was like, I'm going to ask Javier because, because my dad worked a lot. Yeah. He farmed and he came over here. It's about 17 years old, and, and he started a new life over here. Very hard, cold man. A great provider and everything, but it's just a different time that, that he grew up in, and that's the way things were done. What what are you doing different when it comes to you know loving someone and showing that love to someone else now based on what you've learned like from your mom and dad? Man, so here with this relationship, uh, now I'm I'm trying to make work less of um less in my life like you know not have that brought into my life as much and uh, I I tell my girlfriend I love her all the time like every time we get off the phone I tell her I love her every even if we're pissed at each other we say I love you mm -hmm. because you know you never know never you really know. you don't know and so I think I'm being more open with saying that or like trying to take time away from work to be with her which even like now we're both working so much and she brought it up last night she's like we haven't had a chance to like hang out and be together yeah let's not do anything next friday it's like yeah that's we need our time together and um i think from this relationship to my last one which I didn't find out until later. The whole reason why she broke up with me is because she told a friend of mine, she's like, I don't want to compete with his dad. Mm. He was always working. And my ex at the time was working for like the Dallas tourism bureau. She was always traveling. And she's like, Hey, I got the, this hotel room in the city. Let's go, you know, let's explore the city. And I'm like, I can't, I got to work. I don't have that kind of time mm. off. And um, it's changed with this go round, thankfully. And uh, I'm in a better spot. I, I'm a better position, and I love this woman. And uh, I'm, I'm taking more time out to like do weekend trips or like yeah. go places I never thought I, I hate flying. Period. But like try new things. So being more open with love and changing, the, breaking that cycle that I, I had is um it's a big thing for me you know it's so you know people here like you know with work and being committed to work and for you it's even more difficult because your dad's attached to it and mm -hmm. so it's like it consumes you personally and professionally and you're saying like man i need to pull back from it focus more on me and mm -hmm. the relationships around me you realize that's a difficult thing for people to do because you kind of have to set yourself up for the, to be able to do that some people will have to work hard for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. there, there's a meme where a guy's working hard. He's like, why? It's hot. He's sweating. And then the person's like, why are you out here working? It's so hard. Because I have to, you know? And he goes, I, I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And do you realize you having that choice is such a blessing, first yeah. and foremost? How difficult is it every day to make that decision still? And the reason I ask is because I don't want people to think that that's easy. Like it requires work to mm -hmm. say, I'm not going to do work yeah. because it's just so much a part of our lives. How do you deal with that every day? Uh, man, yeah, I'm, I'm still struggling with it. Yeah. Um, yeah right, even right now, um, my dad's at work. 
my dad gets there like early six or seven a.m. He gets home like around ten or eleven o'clock, o'clock at night. Man, it's hard for him to turn off. Do you but, um, do you ever wish like your dad could get there where he could say I'm going to cut it off and be more present? Man, outside he, of work, he does not need to work. There you go. He 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 has two businesses and he has uh, another shop. He opened a temporary shop and man, this is our best year. He and even uh, my mom says that man do not be like your dad do not work late spend your time enjoy yourself but my dad won't shut off he just like you you just he doesn't need to you know it defines him it does i mean you uh, think about this okay you're creative you have friends y'all explore you play music you play you play the flute Mm -hmm. whatever my dad is i think a lot very similar to maybe your dad i'm making that assumption but let's just go with it that's what defines them. When you pull them away from what defines them, who are they? Yeah. In conversation, in friendship, like they never experienced that. My, my, I, you know, nothing but respect for my dad, but I cannot count some of his. I can't count his friends. Like he does. Ooh. Like, like he ha- is consumed by work and has been thirty plus years. Like that's what he does, and I imagine that he's probably scared. Yeah. To pull away from it. What do you think? How do you think your dad deals? I mean, obviously being in it, not being able to pull away, does that hold some truth, you think? It does. I, I think, again, I'm, I'm your dad and my dad are pretty similar. Like, even, I, I, I try to think of, like, his friends, and I know there are people he meets, like, from work, and he meets, like, professionals and people that have money and yeah. stuff like that. My dad has that. And uh, But that's different. It's different. That's not it's it. It's not the same. No. It's not like me and my best friends or me and the boys or... It's it's a completely not the same. I don't think my dad has someone to say, you know what? I'm dealing with this with my wife. What did you do? Like, I don't I cannot picture my dad doing that Mm-mm. with anyone my entire life. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. At 63 or 62 years old, I don't think he has somebody like that. 65 is coming. Yeah. Does he? I mean, because my dad is close to retiring, too. I think he's like 62 or something. Yeah. He's almost 65. And I'm worried. Like, when I was young, he played basketball yeah. a lot. Every day after school, and that's why I, I love basketball. And, you know, don't get me on the court. I'm slow. <laughs> I'm broken. But I will still talk a good game, Don't right? let these shoes fool you. Yeah, they're, they're just for show. Yeah, they're, they're, and so with he had that sense of community back then. But looking back, it was still just basketball. Yeah. Like, he could not break away from that and establish relationships in his life. And I don't know. I, I mean, for sure, I have moved past that. Mm-hmm. Do you... What do you do? You encourage your dad in any way to to kind of just branch out, or you just let him be? Like, yeah, I just have that. I let him. I let him be. Uh, And it's funny because we have two relationships: a work relationship and just like our father and son. Yeah. The good thing is now, later on in life, he leaves work at work. He doesn't bring it at home. He doesn't like uh, get upset with me when we're out or like a, you didn't do this right. This this Ah. guy called and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and now he, he's seen, actually, I think now it's because like I'm in a, in a relationship where I care and I want something to happen out of it. Um, like I start a family and he sees that and he's like, okay, I'll let him, let him be with that. He's growing up. 37 is growing up and, uh, he, he just leaves that alone. He's, he's a different person. I hate to say it. And my girlfriend, like as much as I complain about that man to my girlfriend, um, my girlfriend's like, he's just two different people. Like I, you tell me what he does at work 
And whenever we're out, he's a different person and he's charming and nice. And everyone will say that about my dad. He's a charming, nice person. He, oh, I saw your dad at Neiman's and, you know, I was shopping with him. Like, oh, cool, great. I I wish I can do that too. But um, it's a tale of two dads, essentially. What's one of the best memories uh, of your dad? I'll give you a second to think because I, again, I feel like there's a a connection here with my dad. We were talking once and, uh, and, he told me, he said, Sam, you have so much to talk about. <laughs> Cause I don't, I always try. I, I, I want to have great conversations with my dad, but my dad isn't about conversation. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of taking the lead on it. Mm-hmm. And then if he says one sentence, it's like, yeah, oh, and I'll just be- piggyback on it and we'll, I'll make something of it. But one time he goes, you know, a lot about it, a lot of stuff and you're really good at talking. And that was it. But it stuck with me. Like, I felt like, okay, cool. Like, my, I'm not boring my dad. I'm very glad that he told you that. Yeah. I'm very glad that you got something like that. I can't think of a time where yeah. he's, he, it's funny. Uh, he'll have, like, his, his old church friends and their kids would come to the shop. And he's like, well, your, your dad says you have a podcast, you have a show. Like, how's that going? And it's funny. I'm like, how come you don't tell me, like, how it asked me, like, you know, whenever we won best of, I'm like, dad, we won best of. He's like, yeah, but is it making you money? And I'm like, okay, okay. Jeez, dad, I'm sorry. You expected that. (laughs) And I just, I just want one. I just want one. I'm proud of you. And your dad, I'm very like hearing that he said that you have a lot to say, you know, giving you a bit of praise. That, like, for me, would blow doors wide open. And as much as I want to be like, Dad, can't you just be, like, supportive for what? It's not, well, it's not about cars. Because my dad, he loves shoes and watches. Yeah. And growing up poor, you know, on a farm with a big family, did not, like, get to afford this kind of stuff. Yeah. Now that he's older, he's like, I buy things now because I can and I didn't get to whenever I was younger. Mm. But I just want him to say, Javier, I'm proud of you, you know. Thank you for working as hard as you do. You screw up sometimes, but I still love you, and I just wish you could. I just want you to know I'm proud. Yeah, yeah. I just that, that would blow doors wide open. That's interesting. That's I don't know. Well, thank you for being open about about your dad, and Absolutely. it obviously allowed me to kind of share some. It's a big thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a it's a bunch of it's a lot of like uh, stuff I talked about with therapy. So for it, sure. Yeah. So you're one of three that make up the Funky Panther podcast. Y'all been around for how many years now? Um, we are going into our fourth year. Fourth this year. Is year four. Y'all been voted best of, I think um, it was three years consecutively or something. Y'all skipped a year? Um, I think, uh, so We the first year we were on, we won um, Editor's and reader's choice for fourth weekly. And uh, you know, you have your little write up whenever you win, which is a perfect description of who we were or who we are. Yeah. Cause we're still changing as a, as a, as a collective, uh, as like a three group, three man pod. But, um, you know, we, we also got Fourth magazines, um, reader's choice. I think we got it three times also. And, um, this past year we did get reader's choice for Fourth magazine, um, but, uh, the RAP guys got, um, reader's choice this year on the weekly. And of course, Andrew won two years, which I feel, I feel, I feel kind of bad about. So 
all props to Andrew. Yeah, from uh, uh, the Fort Worth Roots podcast. But like the the RAP guys and the TFCA guys, they're like, we got to take it from the Funky Panther. And I'm like, it's not us guys. It's Andrew. You need to take it from him. Yeah. Like I don't know why he's just like, kind of like coming uh, under the radar. Yeah. But he's there. Like yeah, he, he, I'm, he, I I tell and I I think after uh, Johnny. After they won, and I'm like, dude, now you got to go for uh, editors. You got to get that. And he's like, nah, I don't want to take that from Andrew. <laughs> uh, he's been so open and in, in, in help and loving with us. And I'm like, how about me, man? I've been really cool with you guys too, <laughs> jerk. But um, it's 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 cool. The, the, the awards now, it's kind of like, eh, well, if we win, we win. If we don't, it's fine. We still love what we're doing. Yeah, you know. So what inspired y'all to start the podcast and collaborate as, because three is hard. Yeah. So what, what caused it? What, 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 what prompted y'all to start it? And obviously to come up with the Funky Panther podcast name. Uh, Started with actually, I think five or six people when we first began, when we first started recording and it was, it was terrible. It was like, I like telling people. First 10 episodes, skip those. Listen to everything else after that. <laughs> yeah. Because we worked our way down to four, and our friend Jesus moved to Egypt, which, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, much love to that man. Um, but uh, it got down to three. It happened nine years ago. Uh, the boys, I was working in Colorado at the time. The boys came to uh, Colorado to visit me and also explore. Um, Tim and Chad had a funny conversation where somebody came up to him and said, y'all are laughing a lot. I want to know what, what's so funny. I want to be a part of the conversation. They told him the story and the guy's like, okay. So he just walked <laughs> away. And, uh, then the, the, the conversation began like, what are we going to call ourselves? Like, let, let's do a podcast. I think like we need to make it like being with your friends. And, um, we, we still try to do that to this day. And even like some of our friends are like, it feels like I'm there and I'm having a conversation with you guys. But um, it started, we, we called ourselves the Traces Podcast because it's a little collective that Chad had in high school. And, the um, Tres Leches? Well, what did you say? The Traces. He, oh, he does the Traces. The, you know, like, it's the German three he does. God. It's the, like, I don't know why. It's like Tres Leches. Same thing. In essence, we're talking about the same thing. There's a lot of leche there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the night we started episode one, we recorded, like, I think two or three times. And um, we're, what are we going to call ourselves? And then the idea just, well, we're Funky Town and we're Panther City. So let's go ahead and bridge the names together. Oh, and yeah. we looked, we're like, Is there no, there's nothing called the Funky Panther. Let's call ourselves the Funky Panther. And um, I remember uh, this episode two, I think I said, hey, let's just yell Funky Panther when we start recording. And um, then we'll, you know, play the intro music. And then it kind of just evolved to, yeah. uh, I'm Chad, I'm Javier, and I'm Tim. And we are, you know, it's kind of like, also a mix of like Bill and Ted. It's like, we are wild stallions and it kind of just like worked and evolved its way to that. So having a podcast with several people is difficult. Yes. Each host brings their like unique characteristics. How would you describe um, each of y'all and what y'all bring to the show? This was easy because uh, we all have mugs with like who we are on the show. So Chad's the brains. Chad, like he very meticulous with PowerPoint and he like has like spreadsheets for the show. And we had bullet points where we would prepare. Um, He's the brains. Uh, Tim's the producer. He like handles everything. And he's the technical wizard when it comes to the sound, uh, the sound boards, like, uh, and I'm just the wild card. Um, I, that's the only thing I bring to the table. I'm just like the guy who's like making the off the wall comments, which you kind of have to have mm-hmm. if you got like three people. 
What are some of the the biggest lessons you learned from podcasting, communication, and like working with others? Um, I think it's um, there's a lot of smart, great professional people here in Fort Worth. I didn't I didn't feel that I didn't know. If, if we didn't have this podcast, I would not have known a single thing about the city. I would not know, like, we had so many artists, musicians, um, restaurateurs that were pretty cool people and brewmasters. Um, it just, like, opened up my world and our world to these other things. I think it's a huge, huge... I don't know where I'd be in life without this show. Yeah, I don't know where I'd be. You got a quick memory, a good uh, one of the best memories, maybe, um, of of the podcast yeah, or being on the pod, or whatever, like preparing for a show or meeting someone. I think, um, well, Teresa from uh, the Fort Worth Library and Amplified One Seven has been a huge help in in us as a podcast, and uh, she recognized us and said, "Hey, got these artists. We want to do a showcase called Amplified One Seven Showcase. We want you guys to be a part of it, and we want you to interview a couple of artists." And that was a jump off point to getting an invite to go record at South by Southwest for Visit Fort Worth and like um, going to the annual meeting, which this past year, thankfully, we were a part of like a recording a podcast as people walked into which we had we had, I think, two other there was a three setups period, but we were the one where you had to go up the escalator and we would pull people in and interview them. And so that's a huge life-changing thing. Very good. I got five questions to ask you. Yeah, to finish yes. The show. That's they don't way. have to be long answers. Just this is just how you feel. Mm-hmm. What you know. What you've been through. Mm-hmm. Here's the first one. What's the key to happiness for you? Key to happiness is um, love. Because um, if you don't have love in your life, then why? What's the point of living? Hmm. What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Free time, I like spending time with uh, my dog and cats and uh, being with them and just being with my girlfriend. This is, you know, being with loved ones and family. What do you think makes a good friend? Uh, openness. I think um, openness and also being uh, at their corner. Kind of terrible example. Um the stuff that happened with uh, the other boys and I had to have my boys back and um, you know, it's just being there for them for whatever they're going through. And, you know, think things are way better now. Our, our, our friendship literally was great. It kind of dipped and then it just got better. Got it. So, you know, good stuff. What are you most proud of in your life so far? Uh, I'm still alive. <laughs> that's the thing i'm most proud of that's the as dark as it sounds i think being here being here period is like yeah that's yeah. what i think if you're alive you ain't finished that's right what do you hope to achieve in the future hmm um family i hope to i hope to have kids i really want i know i'm old thank goodness uh you know it's different for men, unfortunately, but uh, I, I want a family. I think that that's, I will be ultimately successful and happy um, once I have a family. And if, and honestly, if, if it didn't work out that way, um, as long as I'm with somebody that loves me, Tammy, um, that's, that's all that matters. I just, I just want to be loved. Any final thought, question or complaint before we go? 
Um, man, don't try to pander out to people. I think um, people, and I, I did this when I was in high school, I acted a certain way just to try to get the attention of people. And I guess I still do that now. I don't know. But I, I think, um, you know, trying to be uh, fake for the sake of being fake or, you know, trying to impress someone else or put down people for that reason. I think that's a something that people shouldn't do. I shouldn't do. I know I've done it in the past, but um, you're a better person if you're yourself. I agree. Absolutely. Well, Javier, thank you so much for coming on, sitting down with me. I think it was a great conversation. Thank you for your openness. And I, I enjoyed it, man. I could have done this for another hour. Yeah. I think I, I would love to come back. And I think, um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the people that you've interviewed and I really appreciate that. And I really, um, appreciate your friendship and, um, for, for being an all around great person for the podcast community. Thank you so much for, for doing what you do and showing love and support to uh, the entire pod squad, man. Thank you for saying that guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, thank you so much. Don't forget subscribe and like do the same for the funky Panther and everything Javier and the funky Panther. They will be a description below. And thank y'all for tuning in. We'll see y'all on the next one. Peace.